Good morning and welcome to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumser. Good morning, Stacey. How's the pre-HR Tech jitters? <laughs> Good morning, John. It's going well. It's going well. Lots of great, you know, data crunching still in writing. I wish I could say that I was all done, but hopefully <clears throat> this week we will be ramping it up. And how about you? Are you feeling the glow of being a brand new author? Your your book just came out, didn't it? And it hit oh, Amazon this last is- this week? This is this is this is a big week. I, I'm putting the finishing touches on the brand new um, industry report, which you can buy on the HR Examiner website, um, and I'll tell you a little bit about that. And then um, a a basic introduction to intelligent tools for HR tech um, is the first book I've done in 20 years, and um, it's available on Amazon. Um, you could get a Kindle edition of it. I, I'm so excited. So this is this was this was publishing week. Next week is um, speaking week. Um, um, as we get ready to go to the show, and then and then HR Tech is is the following week. So we're we're there. Two weeks from today, we'll be doing. Or two weeks from tomorrow, we'll be doing the wrap up. We'll be doing the wrap-up, yeah, a special presentation sharing what we've learned at the HR Tech Conference, which is a little tough to sort of pull, put into a, a one show, but we will do our best. But, yeah, it's it's an exciting time right now. I know um, it it's, you know, it's amazing when we think about the fact that we try and crunch all of the heavy lifting and the work that we do into sort of this preparation for this one event, but it. You know, and and people don't realize. I, you know, I always get people to say, "Oh, you know, you, you're 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 sort of pulling, you know, all the report stuff together." And I'm like, it's not just even the report stuff; it's all the things you have picked up throughout the year. I mean, this is this is a years long worth of gathering data, going to vendor events, thinking about what's happening in the market that we're trying to crunch into a single report. Um, same as you, <clears throat> it's amazing um, how much energy gets done and put into this couple of weeks running up to HR Tech. Yeah, it's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. It's a really great time to consolidate learning. <laughs> yep. So we've got we've got I think the mailbag is filling up or starting to fill up as people get their sort of beginning of the trade show season <laughs> product announcements out there. What are you seeing? Starting to, it's a little bit light yet. I, we'll probably see more next week. Um, there's, I think, one announcement that's supposed to be sort of part of the the broader HR tech um, conversation. But this week we've got some interesting stuff. We've got a um, fintech platform called Salary Finance that um, raised twenty million dollars, but it it got a, a a financial well-being platform to it um, that seems to be making some waves in the in the uh, HR market. We've also got. Um, a $21 million investment in an Australian HR startup called Flare. Um, <laughs> I love the, the uh, one of the um, headlines for this. A New York billionaire just made a $21 million investment in Australian HR startup. Like, there's a difference between where you live and being a billionaire or not, but obviously that, that made some news. Um, we also have some interesting news coming out of Google. Google's been busy this last couple of weeks. Um, they launched a new search feature to help military veterans find jobs, which is worth having a conversation about. Um, <clears throat> they also um, put out a new um, – well, they've had Google's light search app called Go, which you can do, use on um, your phones and stuff. And they've now made it uh, capable of reading articles and web pages, which I think is going to have 
you know, an impact on how we think a little bit about the learning space if we get more and more of these apps doing this. Um, we also have um, an update um, in the uh, technology space from one of the vendors. Uh, you probably know this vendor better than I do, Alio. Um, uh -huh. They said they released, this is probably the first of the HR tech announcements, they released a next generation platform becoming, this is always the hype we get, becoming the only end-to-end -end AI recruiting solution on the market. So you can tell us whether or not that's a, that's a reality check or not on that. Um, and then if we've got a little bit of time, there's some interesting um, insights happening with Dell Boomi and Uber, uh, both doing some, some interesting things in the HR tech space. So, so it's, as as busy as we are, everybody else is busy too, John. So, do you want to start with with the the money rounds this this week? The salary finance partners who are who are getting twenty million dollars to launch a financial well being platform. We talked about financial platforms last week, but it was more in the space of a rewards program. This is more of a learning and helping you pay off your bills kind of a platform. So so. Finance, what does financial wellness mean to you? Well, that's a that's a very good question. You know, um, you know, I've seen it uh, as you know, knowing your credit score here in the states. I've seen it as knowing how to understand uh, and manage your debt. I've seen it as um, just understanding your own personal expenditures every month, right? So all of those, I think, fall into financial wellness. Um, and then I've also seen it as, <clears throat> let's invest in a 401k, and here's um, how we want you to invest your money, which is a little bit more of a, I think, less valuable and definitely not as much financial wellness. So, so the, the, thing, the thing that gets me about most of the stuff that I see being called financial wellness is it's like, it's like a gate into which... Um, the sorts of the very sorts of lone people who are um, the cause of some of financial uh, discomfort being allowed into the organization. Yeah. Right. So if you if you look at this thing, um, um, they notice that that half of people can't cover a four hundred dollar emergency, and they're they're there to help with that. And so this means this company makes loans, I believe, um, and 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 the financial wellness problem is people are underpaid. Mm -hmm. Big secret. Big secret. <laughs> the financial wellness problem is that people are underpaid. Right? And it's not it's not if you were just a better person you'd make your twelve dollars an hour pay for an apartment in San Francisco. Um right? You can't put that in a program. Um <laughs> And so, and so, so I always have a kind of a, an arched eyebrow about um, about financial wellness as a um, as a healthy thing to do to your employees. And I have yet to encounter a, a company that overcame that objection when I drilled down with them. I don't I don't know if it, this salary finance people, but it's it's the same spiel, right? It's exactly the same spiel. Um, and, um, it's great if you want to be able to give the sort of the next step up from microloans and get a pretty good return on it. Um, having a captive audience of people who are underpaid is a, is a great thing, but I'm not sure that that's HR tech. 
I don't know what well, it is. And, I know. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on this. I, I get what you're saying because it, it, it is a place where we definitely see some predatory. <laughs> oh, hold on, um, Stacey. You're supposed to agree with me all the time. I go know. Back, it's, it's... Go back and read the script. <laughs> Stacy yeah. agrees with John. <laughs> yeah. We, we we have our differences in some points. And I do think, for me, <clears throat> there's a couple signs to financial wellness. And I agree that there is, there like you said, there's a, there's a an open door here for the predatory lenders. And for sometimes the this one here, I think, does like an interest, you know, lowering of interest and helping people pay off their debts faster. So it's a little bit along the lines of those programs probably that, that are more like debt management models. And those still have a lot of predatory tools in them. But I think one of the biggest issues that we're dealing with in the market is, yes, people don't get paid enough. But even when they do get paid enough, oftentimes they don't understand the financial system. And I think they're and, – and, you know, this is something that people who have enough money and who understand the financial market – um, don't understand. They don't understand why someone would not pay a credit card on time and get late fees and interest. And they don't understand why someone, because they pay their credit card every month, so it's not something they ever think about, right? Um, they don't understand why um, if you have to um, pay for your car breaking down, you would take out a loan with 23% interest when you might be able to um, use a credit card that has 16% interest because you don't understand the concept of interest, right? And so for me, financial wellness is a very big issue, and organizations really have to think about it, um, both from the being careful they're not opening up the door for predatory, but that they're also thinking about how they educate their audience, particularly if they have an audience that didn't grow up in an environment where financial education was part of they're growing up. Um, one of the tools that I've seen that probably has probably the closest to this, um, I've looked at a couple of financial app, uh, wellness programs. The one that I think has some of the closest ones to this is a, a, a suite, if I can get the name here real quickly, called, um, no, that's um, not it. Um, I'm not going to be able to find it in time, but I will, prob- I will put it out there in the um, details when I sh- when we share the stuff at an HR examiner, I'll find the name of that company. But there's a company that I briefed with, and they were not taking money from any reward programs. They were not taking money from any vendors. They were not taking uh, – this was a, a, a program that was focused primarily on education, and the education came all from public um, – material not and material they were creating internally versus credit card companies or debt providers, which is where a lot of the content comes from, these kind of things. So I, I think I will push back a little bit that I do think it is valuable, but I think companies have to really think about who they're bringing into their organization and making sure that they have the real, you know, um, valuable content that they're creating and that they're not pushing some sort of a... Um, credit card company or a bank yep, company yep. or a reward company. I, I agree. When you read about this company in the details, it turns out it's a bank. Yep. Right. And, and so, and so there's, there is a, um, um, a challenging conflict of interest when a bank tries to teach financial wellness. Yep. Right. So that's, that's, that's where, I, where, where I'd leave it. Um, um, banks don't make money by having people not borrow money. Exactly. Yeah. And as I said, you've got to figure out what's, what's the background, uh, what's their reason for putting something like this out. Um, and if they're giving it away for free, you've got to look at it even more susceptibly, right? Um, 
but there are, I think, some applications out there that are trying to do the right thing. And um, uh, there is a company, and I wish I could come up with their name, but it's just not in my details right now. But I will put it in uh, the HR Examiner notes that I think um, has done a really good job at this. It's a small company. They've got a little bit of financial um, wellness program, and it is focused primarily on education. And I think that's the big part that we need in the market right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll, summarize, I'll summarize your objection as um, all um, criminal motorcycle gangs have some nice guys in them. <laughs> all right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, on to Flair. It's an Australian company. They're doing, uh, they got $21 million uh, this year, um, led by 0.72 Ventures. They've, they've got money before. This is an organization that... Um, What's interesting is they focus on the fact that they started out doing onboarding. They do other HR services, as it's called, and then payroll stuff. Um, so it's a, an Australian payroll technology startup. Um, but what I thought was sort of interesting is their statement that Flair has reimagined the role that workplace can play in your financial life. This big, like, um, reshifting of HR technology branding to finance, is, is this a, a theme that you're seeing, John, or is this just this week, um, with everything else going on, all of a sudden it's jumping out at me today. <laughs> no, no, I've you know the 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 at the um, small to medium business end of the spectrum, a lot of things are shifting, and um, the the cash flow associated with benefits and payroll is a big enough deal so that that for small companies, it's possible if you talk to. Um, um, insurance brokers to get all of your HR technology for free. All you have to yeah. do is make them your agent of record for benefits and payroll. Um, and so, so I'm seeing that very, very regularly. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, a little bit of it. And, and I think this is exactly that kind of, I don't know much about Flair. I haven't looked at them, but you know, their comment is that, you know, they give away their core suite of tools for free so that they can help every company automate their processes, simplify their onboarding and payroll and become an incredible place to work. It sounds like, and again, I'd have to learn more about them, but that they have built something along the lines of, you know, the payroll. We know there's a lot of financial benefits to having payroll, um, the money management, the the processing, all of that costs money. So it sounds like they are sort of leveraging that same kind of concept that they want to be able to give you something for free so they can get the more pricier point um, available to them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is, this is one of those things where, you know, you know, the story of Jack of the beanstalk, Jack, Jack um, <laughs> meets the guy, trains the cow for the beans. What, what actually happened is the beanstalk didn't grow up and he didn't find the goose that laid the old eggs. He went home and told his mother that he sold their only cow for three beans. She locked them in his room for three years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this sounds yeah. like that. We give away our core suite of tools for free so we can help every company automate their processes. <laughs> and, and and we'll take your cow. <laughs> Here are your magic beans. Yes. I think that's part of the problem that we're seeing in the market is lots of uh, free giveaways. So we'll see lots more of this this week as we get into the HR tech announcements. What about Alio, John? Um, this is, you know Alio a little bit. They, I think they're, they, they're in the AI space, but they're saying that you know their new platform is now end-to-end -end recruiting. Part of the reason is because that 
they've got elements in their new artificial intelligence platform, as they call it, that is allowing um, recruiters to touch base with candidates throughout the time during the sort of um, that, that wait time that you have between accepting the offer and taking the job to just make sure that they're still going to show up on the day they're supposed to show up. And I thought, well, that doesn't seem to be stretching it enough to make it a full platform, but we're going to see a lot of announcements like this. Uh, do you think artificial intelligence has a role to play in sort of the communications, and that's what it seems like, with the um, candidates, not just the process of picking them? Oh, so, 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 Alio, Alio, I, I have spent a reasonable amount of time with the people at Alio, and I really like them. They are really smart. They have, they have people who know what they're talking about in recruiting. Um, and, and so, and so, and so I'm a fan. I, I think, I think the saying that you're the only end to end AI recruiting solution <laughs> Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you know, <laughs> not quite. Huh? Uh, <laughs> well, but we'll get a lot of that this week, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, um, and and I'm afraid. I'm really afraid that that when you make um extreme claims, um. It doesn't actually make you stand out because everybody else is doing it, mm-hmm. um, and and these folks are, I think, making the communications process work. But there's much more to um, recruiting than that, um, yeah. and so and so so I, you know I want to give them a gold star and then put a little minus or. Asterisk by it because the only end-to-end AI recruiting solution on the market is it, it puts you the it puts you in the position of arguing about the wrong thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Right, right. Because because that that doesn't tell you anything about value. It tells you about a claim about functionality that you can get a map of functionality out and go point for point and determine whether or not it's true, and you haven't advanced the conversation yet. Um. So. So, so I like them. They're doing smart things, um, and and it's good. You can tell that that they're thinking hard about it because they have managed to get out in front of the noise, and we're talking about them. You know, so so, so they have that they have that level of marketing savvy. They know, they know how to how to get ahead of the news cycle, and um, that makes them singular in the space. I was going to say, I looked, I did not see anybody else putting out their HR tech announcements this early yet, because, uh, you know, I usually go through and stream a little bit just to see what we get early on. You know, everybody's going to wait till that week, and they'll be lost in the middle of the crunch, and uh, I thought this was quite savvy about that by them. I, I agree, and, and maybe that statement is just the point of getting people to argue with them about what they have and don't have right, um, but, you know, they've been very, very, um, I think, focused on getting the word out as to what they're doing. I know I've gotten, I think, six or seven requests to meet with them this year at HR Tech. So they're they're pushing hard, I think, to get the word out. So um, we've also seen uh, the other thing I think going on this week is again in the recruiting space, um, but it's it's from Google. So Google's been sort of quietly behind the scenes adding to their their tools. And this I think gets a little bit to some of the things you've talked about in the past. But Google announced a, a bunch of updates 
to their search and maps to help U.S. military veterans more easily find jobs that correlate with their skill set. Now, I can really relate to this. I have a son who's in the military. Um, we were actually having a very similar conversation just the other day. He's moving um, to Hawaii, and he's trying to find jobs that will match with what he's done in the military. And, and the, the, the explanations don't always come across, right? I mean, you, 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 you grew up in a military family. That's a bit of a challenge. But Google seems to feel like they can make this map um, – what do you think about this, John? Is is this just good marketing? Is this is this something new that they're doing here, or is this part of their plan to take over the world of skill sets that we've been talking about? Oh, so 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 I'm a big fan of the work that Google is doing. Um, um, this problem: how do you get companies to understand the skills that veterans have, and how do you get veterans to understand? Um, uh, how to translate the way they were taught yep. to think about their their skills in the military into ways that companies think about them. Yeah, as long as long as I've been working, I've been near people who are who are trying to solve this problem. Right. In order to in order to make the military work, you have to teach people how to talk about things in a very very precise way, um, and and that very very precise way doesn't easily translate into into the transition after you're not in the military any longer and so so the things that the, the things that they call normal things are just different right it's just different but they they try for the sake of the culture really to have a standardized language so that everybody knows what everybody's talking about um and Geez, I think I think I was involved in a project in the mid '80s to try to solve this problem, and everybody sort of threw their hands up because <laughs> uh, because it was so complicated. It's not a complex yeah. problem, but it's a complicated problem, and and Google is tremendous at solving complicated problems, and so so I'm I'm really psyched um, that this might actually work. Yeah, I thought this was really interesting. I mean, uh, mobile users in the U.S. can can see basically. Like, you can look at a map and see where these things are matching, and that was sort of what blew me away. Is that this is they're building this not into their recruiting tool per se. You know, it's part of it, but but they're also building it into sort of all their other technologies, which I think is the power of what Google does, right? Um, so um, they're also it looks like giving a two point five million dollar grant to the United Service Organization to help military families and veterans earn Google uh, Google's IT support professional certificate. So they're they're building on this whole idea of uh, benefiting the military and uh, service members. So I'll I'll give my kudos to that, having family members who are uh, have been and are continuing to be in the military. Um, but it, it I think it's a space to continue to watch for Google. Now Google was also in the news this week for um, their light search app uh, that's now reading articles and web pages to you. Do you, you use a lot of the, the Google uh, tools. Have you used this search app called Go yet? No, I'm, but, I, but I'm dying to get in the car and have it read to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I never want something to read to me while I'm actually working, but, but, yeah. but I am, um, I am a, a huge fan of listening to books in the car. Yes. Uh, and 
and think it's a great it's a great way to learn things. It's just an absolutely wonderful way to learn things, particularly when you turn the speed up so that it hurries the whole process. Up. Um, so 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 there's a you 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 know when 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 I'm busy working as 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 I have been the last year or so on on this AI stuff, I end up with um. 30 tabs open in in my browser and yeah. and you know 25 of the 30 tabs that are open have to do with you know if i just look at, at what's right here i have a refresher on regression analysis um um people data labs ai and the ceo uh you know the the the, the stuff is there i'm drawing on yeah. it it would be great to be able to open my phone. Um, because I have Google, I can click a button and have all of the tabs on my desktop open up on my phone um, and um, and then have it read that stuff to me. Okay. God, that, that sounds great. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. Now, I have my Alexa, when I, uh, one of the things that it does is, is, is I have it read things from time to time, books, uh, it'll, because of it's connected to the Kindle, but it drives me nuts, the monotone voice. So I generally eventually have to turn it off. Now, what they're saying here is that um, they're working on um, AI that will actually have voice intonation, right, um, that will read things in a conversational way. Um, now, that will be really interesting if this is able to get to that point. Um, but there, you know, this is this is a big announcement. I think, you know, Google and, and what we're seeing with Amazon and the artificial intelligence market is heavily focusing on the idea of getting you more information in ways that don't require you to stop what you're doing, right? That that's and and having you be able to to get work done without stopping what you're doing. Is is that the direction all of this is is heading, do you think? Yes. Yes I do. Yes I do. And I, and I, I wish I had more to say about it than that, but <laughs> but, but that's where, that's where we're going. So other than that, I mean, I think, you know, we, we're we wrapping up for the day. There's not a ton of other stuff going on. I mean, there was some interesting news from Del Boomi. Um, if you looked, this is the first time I've seen an announcement like this. Del Boomi, um, if you know what Del Boomi is, they're an integration platform. But they put out a, a news release saying that 2018's top enterprise technology IPOs use Del Boomi. Well, that was an interesting way to look at it. So basically, they mentioned all the different companies that had gone um, public this uh, in this last year, DocuSign, Dropbox, Zoro, and Ceridian was on the list, which is why it ended up coming up in some of my um, news feeds. But I thought, well, this is interesting to to not tout exactly who you are, but who's using you as a marketing um, statement. And the idea of integration, because one of the things that that I know that I've seen out of the research this year is that integration is absolutely a topic worth talking about and Del Boomi is an integration platform uh, do you think this is a um you know is it just good hype and marketing here or or are we seeing more people focus on integration tools and integration strategies um and is it unusual to see you know someone like a Ceridian on the same page as a Dropbox and a DocuSign here um as far as the tools they're using oh this is so so if you're going to run an enterprise software operation you have to have an ecosystem and if you have an ecosystem that means that 
that you or your integration partners are going to have to be hooking things together, right? And and in the in the ideal world, you know, this is sort of how how things work according to the salesperson. In the ideal world, um, APIs just hook together seamlessly, <laughs> and the data flows like it's just like a hose. You twist the two things together, and the water goes out the next hose. And the reality is is something different than that because it tends to be the case that APIs have a static interface, and yeah. the and the the software that drives data towards those APIs is dynamic, and the yep. software that consumes the data is dynamic, and so you get this you get this murky ground in between. It's better than nothing by a lot, uh, but you need integration and workflow wrapped around it so that you get the full benefit of of the tie between the two pieces of software. Um, so so. It's 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 an un it's 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 one of those areas where it's so dry that people don't really talk about it. It's not as sexy as having cloud software, yeah. um, um, but it's what makes things work. Yeah, and and I guess part of what I was seeing here is that seeing that this is this is sort of a, a topic here. Our data is saying that fewer actually organizations than even last year, and there's only about. 9% last year, and there's a little bit fewer this year who are using integration platforms. So my thoughts are, is it the vendors who are buying and using these platforms so that the companies don't have to, or are the companies just not catching on yet? And I'm not sure about the answer on that, or if people realize what enterprise integration platforms are and even know if they have them, and maybe that's part of the challenge in our research data this year. But um, we do give examples like Dell Boomi and MuleSoft who are in this area. But it seems to be that this is not something that's picking up on big enterprise companies, but is definitely being picked up on by the vendors, right? Well, that's probably uh, – well, I don't know. I don't know. It will be good to ask better questions next year. But 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 I would <laughs> guess that that the the role of the – integration and implementation company, the people who would actually use this, um, 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 has grown so extraordinarily in the last three or four years that, that that's part of what's happening. So you, you've got a partner who does this stuff for you. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and it's, you, you, end up, you end up almost by default having to go, okay, there's the problem. Go fix it and let me know when you're done. And that that often makes it impossible to see how they're actually working. See what they're doing with it. Yeah, and that's what we find that a lot of times in in some of the technology questions when things start to get broadened or picked up by the vendors or the um, companies who are supporting organizations. That you know, at that point in time, it becomes something you're not aware of how it's being done, which is fine because you don't have to worry about it. Well, we have run through our time. We have uh, um, uh, wrapped up our week. I do want to mention one thing before we wrap up today. Um, I said I would find the name of that company that I thought was doing some very good financial wellness programming, and that's bestmoneymoves.com. I'm not sure that the name fits what they do, I think, very well, but um, they uh, Elise um, Glink is the – uh, CEO, I had a great conversation with her, and I and I do think that it's a company that, that's thinking about more about education than some of the other things. So, I will put that out. Fantastic. There. Well, 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 well. She should buy you dinner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> great, great, and I, and I do want to say that 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 you are pe- people should people should get ready for the next study. You are um, 
unique in your ability to see the patterns in technology and technology adoption over the the decades. And um, Sierra Cedar's annual report is a start at understanding what you know, but but you really have this down, and, and it's, it's a real treat to get to do this with you every week. Thank you. Same here, John. It's always a pleasure getting a chance to hear what, what new and amazing things you are uncovering in this world. So I, I think you know, we have fun, and, and we do disagree from time to time, but most of the time we see things in a similar light. So. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> we, don't, we don't disagree. You just haven't figured out how I'm right yet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, agree to disagree on that one, John. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so thanks, Stacey, and thanks, everybody. You've yeah. been listening to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumter. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you here next week. Bye-bye. Now. Bye, everyone. 